Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to Journey Through with Jeffrey Paoletta. This is going to be episode two with my friend Walter Barra. Uh, Walter, not only being a completely unique and free individual, has a PhD in family social science, uh, is a founder of a narrative therapy, is a Zen Buddhist teacher, and also has a black belt in Shotokan karate. I hope I'm saying that right. And he's done a whole lot more than that. Um, he's a real wealth of knowledge, and I am really fortunate to call him a friend. Uh, we had a really great time digging into how he discovered martial arts um, and kind of the mental aspect of the game we're all playing here we call life. I hope you guys enjoy it. I had a really good time with him, and uh, I hope you guys like it as much as I did. Have a good one. Hi, Walter. <laughs> hey, Jeff. <laughs> Hi, Jeffrey. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. I sir. appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. Um, first off, the reason I have you on, and I'm really excited to have you on, is because you are the most free individual I've ever met in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's true. Thank That's you. like the highest compliment I could give you. Well, no, I, I, I you know... I'm in, you know, my middle 60s and stuff, and uh, I've, I've learned a lot of stuff, and a lot of it's been toward um, having a creative and mindful life. Mm. So when did that happen? When do you feel like you made the switch from being... I just feel like a lot of people my age, you know, and the old saying is, you know, when you're 20, you care what everyone thinks. When you're 40, you care what no one thinks. When you're 60, you realize no one's thinking about you. I don't know if you've ever heard that. But how do you, how, when did you feel like you got that where like you just, you, you're a, you'll do things that we're all caught in our heads and we won't take that step to, to make ourselves look a little goofy or, you know what I mean? Yeah. When do you feel like that switch was flipped for you? Or is it progressive? Oh no, yeah, it's progressive. Okay. And and so it's um, uh, turning points mm. in a life. Mm. And you only know when it's a turning point when you kind of you look back. Mm. I, though now I have more of a sense of uh, when uh, uh, in people's lives, my life, uh, I'm I turn a corner and it, it's part of it it's like um, well I'll just start I'll tell you how I started yeah I love that uh, I uh, you know was a Polish American immigrant mm -hmm. and to Minnesota and then um, A situation developed where I uh, stumbled into martial arts, mm. and I was uh, 12 years old. It was just fortuitous, right? So, it, um, to know when 
a lucky circumstance comes. And mm. I just loved it uh, because um, immigrant communities are chaotic, it's upside down, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I could speak Polish and English mm -hmm. and, um, and, and the parents couldn't speak English. <laughs> so it turns the world upside, where the children no more or can, you know, can communicate, communicate, and I needed to communicate, translate for the elders. So this is a part of the experience of all, <coughs> I think, uh, immigrant communities, you mm -hmm. know, and peop people coming to America. Um, and that, that makes some chaos mm -hmm. and this, you know, disruption of structure and, and, this, and I, came up on uh, a karate dojo <coughs> and you know 1967 um, and how did you stumble upon the karate dojo I walked by it you just walked by it yeah I because I took a uh, at that time in the 60s uh, there weren't child labor laws <laughs> yeah. so I took a bus and I um, was a dishwasher in a in a kind of a rough hotel, <laughs> and I saw everything. Right, pretty confusing. Mm. And I, it was just uh, taking a bus from my neighborhood downtown. Um, and you know, uh, you, you know, everyone had to make their own money. Right, there mm. wasn't spare money in my family, and um, just walked by. Um, Midwest Karate Association and my sensei, uh, Sensei Robert Fazaro, who's, who's recently passed last year. Um, uh, I just saw this, you know, karate sign, and didn't know what that was, and it sounded cool. And, and I was just curious, and I walked up the stairs, and it was the first time I saw a dojo. Wow. You know, polished floors, mm. you know, white walls, um, uh, uh, people in uniforms mm -hmm. uh, lining up, meditation at the beginning and end of every class, bowing. At 12 years old, you were 12 at this time. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd never seen this. This is like yeah. going into church or something. For the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was the structure, the discipline, and then the mentorship. Because mm. I was taken in by the seniors, and, uh, and they're called senpai, the, my seniors. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm an ojai, a junior. Mm. <laughs> but it's structured right in. Yeah. Right. So the seniors um, guide and protect the juniors, and the juniors respect and emulate the seniors. Mm -hmm. So you know, all of a sudden, I had um, this incredible mind-body-spirit laboratory. Yeah. And that's what everyone was training in. Right. It was all part of the. Japanese karate or you know Shotokan karate, which happens to be the largest uh, um, 
most you know former karate in the world. Yeah, just with luck. So, yeah. See, and and I think curiosity is so important. Um, because that is the soul of a lifelong learner, is just being curious. Mm. And and so it doesn't matter. You know, I'm telling you my my history, my story, mm. but. Um, the you know you and I train we yeah we yeah we met in the gym that's how we initially met um which is special well that was like you know we had the snowcopolis here yeah which was mind-blowing right yeah when I saw you walk in that day and it was literally this was like what was it? Five days after the snow had come and the electricity just had come on. Just that day. had come on. We, we'd been without it for fi- about five. And we days. had no lights in the hallways, and yeah. uh, you know, and um, and I I was, it's like, you know, dojos, gyms, boxing, clubs, gymnastics. I just think. Um, you know, now and you know, fitness now is popular. It wasn't then. Mm, you're saying back when you in, initially in the sixties, right? Yeah. No, it was uh, why. Yeah. Right. And and uh, were people still smoking at that point? Where oh, they thought God. it was healthy. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Airplanes yeah, okay. yeah. and uh, bars and yeah. the hotel stunk. Yeah. That and mm. so I I, I was a. Uh, House man, I was a house. You know, I would vacuum the. Is this a floors. twelve? Yeah, twelve years old. 12, Just to make some money, like you said, no one has money, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that was better than the paper route I had when I was ten, mm. <laughs> and you know, delivering paper, mm-hmm. news, big thick Sunday papers. Mm-hmm. It's it's just crazy. So I'm glad these ch- child labor laws. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, that's that's how it started, and I've never stopped. Yeah. So. And, and yeah, I saw you at the Stokop, right? And you were in the gym. It, that was, I was just dying. My soul was dying mm. to f- feel my body again. Yeah. Right? Wasn't that like for you? Yeah. Well, I didn't go for five days when the electricity got, because I was about survival. It really was about survival. survival I know yeah. that seems intense, but like. Oh, no, no, no. It, absolutely. People, 200, some people died in Texas. Yeah. It's just like whenever you don't have electricity for five plus days, you literally, you wake up and you're like, okay, how, what are we going to eat? And then when you eat, your next thought is like, what are we going to do for the next meal? Especially when you don't have a microwave, you don't have enough, obviously nothing's working. Um, luckily we had the grills down that were, uh, gas powered. So like super fortunate and we made chili and warm chili. So it was okay. So you did that on the, uh, on the roof? Uh, yeah. By the pools and by stuff. By the pools. Yeah. Right. That, the, Cause it did, you know, our stoves didn't work. Right. No. So, so that's interesting. That's the first time I found out how you survived. Yeah. That helped. Having warm food was a big help. Um, Obviously, Ruben and I were fine. We're in our males in our late twenties, early thirties. Who I really felt bad for during that time was people with kids um, oh, or yeah. older people. You know, I don't. You know, we were able to haul some stuff down and, and you know warm up some food on those well, grills. But you see, the, the the other thing is comradeship, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you were at allies in arms, your comrades, yeah, and and having a mate. Uh, in, a, in a British way, yep. right? 
it's uh, it's an important. I mean, the Romans. So again, my PhD side, <laughs> they were, you know, they were, they were blood brothers. Mm -hmm. So that was your mate. Mm -hmm. You would actually, you know, cut your finger and you'd have the, and it was as equal to uh, a marriage. Yeah, during that time of survival, definitely. Yeah, we bonded during that time in a sense because when it's just you and another person and nothing else, and you're just y'all are both thinking about food and how you're going to survive in a sense. It's like. Um, yeah, you, you do grow closer during that time for sure. Yeah, um, and, and for me, um, uh, I moved to Austin. Mm. You know, I retired from my practice and running businesses and teaching in Minnesota. And the, uh, my daughter uh, found uh, a mate, you know, a husband that's her best friend. And out of that came my first grandson. Mm. And uh, I uh, was asked to move here by by my family. You know, I'd been divorced like you know five years you know you know five years earlier uh, after thirty some years, which happens, right? And, and we live so freaking long, right? yeah. <laughs> and so stuff happens, and they all wanted me here. Yeah. I, I, I felt the calling, and I loved it. Yeah. I love Austin, Texas. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I, I put a little twang in there. Austin, Texas. Yeah, but like no, no one talks like that. I, I just talk yeah. like that, yeah. right? Yeah. But you're a real Texan. I guess. I mean, I was born here, yeah, and I pretty much grew up here for <laughs> most of my life. So, yeah. But I, I was a city boy, though. I mean, there's like multiple ways of Texas because it's so big and you have rural, then you have urban and what city did you grow up in and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. So I grew up a very comfortable life, obviously, um, in the city of San Antonio. Um, yeah. Well, and see, this is so exciting. This is I didn't realize what a unique, uh, I mean, that you say two Pledge of Allegiances, you know, one to the, yeah. no one knows that. That outside of Texas, y'all don't do that in Minnesota. We don't do that in Minnesota. No, oh no, no. And and if we say the Pledge of Allegiance, we say it quiet because we want to be modest. Oh yeah, <laughs> we have a whole thing. We put the PowerPoint up and the flag is waving and didn't, the well. When I was a kid, I don't know what they're doing now. I have no oh, apparently some of the same stuff. I mean, okay, yeah. And, and I and I don't mind that. It's like okay, so uh, in a Japanese karate dojo. Um, uh, there's a picture of the founder, which mm. is uh, in Shotokan, uh, Funakoshi Sensei. And then uh, there's an American flag on one side of the portrait and, mm -hmm. a, and a Japanese flag on mm. the other side in honor of the, of the culture country a that it came from, right? And then and that we are able to train in this country. Because, mm. it, it, you know, martial arts has been outlawed off and on throughout history. Interesting. And so, um, but, but, you know, I, I, it's um, any mind-body discipline helps for life. Mm. So yoga, running, um, uh, you know, just goes on and on. I mean, 
I couldn't agree with you more on that point. Right? It's all, that's everything. That's the like foundation of everything. If one of those is messed up, if your mind is messed up, or you don't have your mind right, but it, really it's all a mind game, right? Because the mind is connected to the body, right? And that's to get the body moving. But they're all, it's all connected. Yeah. Um, I always tell people if they're looking to, to get healthier, or lose weight or whatever, just put your shoes on and start. Move, right. move your body. Yep. You know. But you need... Um, uh, you know, there's so many places that are exploitive, uh, overcharge. Oh, of course, all that stuff. Yeah. So you, yeah. you and dojos, they're the best and the worst people I've ever met in my mm. life have been in dojos, mm. and and in gyms, right? Yeah. And it's it's just, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a why good do you, why do you think that is? I see, I know what you mean though. Is it because it's such a personal thing that people are willing to like, uh, almost, uh, accept on faith, even if someone's kind of, you know, running them through a gamut of, you know, Oh, you got to pay me, you know, a hundred dollars a week, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll teach you the way I'll show you the way. And so people are desperate for that. Or why do you think? Oh, that no, that no, no, you, you think that's it. what it is. Yeah. yeah. No, you got it. It's so personal. It's so like, and it's like, um, well, you're giving your body over yeah. in a way. Right, and guidance, right, and uh, and, and it's it's a uh, um, access or a interface for exploitation of power and trust, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. and um, and so like uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's just you and I can both share stories of you know these um mind body places yeah that have uh led to tr great troubles that being said you know i always tell people check three four places out mm. and if it doesn't feel right it ain't right yeah listen to that little voice of that little something and in deep inside you that intuition that so many of us like to just <laughs> shove down. You're right, you and know. then and watch out for the cell being sold. If the if if there's a you know this kind of whole friendly you know it's it's and you know transactional relationship oh, kind of this for that yeah, yeah. and then oh, the promises and can't you feel when someone's being a little disingenuous or fake? You know what I mean? Or, or do you think that people are so good at selling that, that sometimes it's hard to see? Oh, yeah. Because to me, it's very, for me, I don't know what it is, and I haven't been screwed too many times in life. I can usually tell when someone's being real with me or not, or when I'm trying to be sold something. It's kind of easy to see. For me, I don't know if it is. And it, it might be different if someone's looking for something, and then they're being sold at, and so they're more willing to, like, push aside yellow flags. You know what I mean? Because they're so desperate. So a lot of people are desperate. You know what I mean? They're, they're looking for the answer. You know, um, well, Jeffrey, you had the good fortune of having a good family, mm. and many don't. Mm. And um, you had your moorings, moorings, you know, your stability mm. coming out of that, and um, uh, people suffer traumas and hurts and woundedness of different sorts and they're the they're vulnerable and available mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So the only thing that makes a perpetrator is uh, power and trust, and what makes a victim is uh, vulnerability and availability. Oh, well. In, in whatever setting. Mm. Well. So and, and so people work their, they work people's vulnerabilities. Yeah. You're saying when those two things combined, then it's going to lead to obviously one person getting potentially taken advantage of. Well, yeah. 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 Well, I always tell people not, I don't know how it is with a sensei or with martial arts. Obviously you need. Oh, it's some, the same. It's the same. I mean, it's, I mean, terrible things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, of course. And, and you got Nexium, right? really smart people so that the sex cult in LA I didn't know I don't know about this <laughs> no I know you're opening uh, Nexium is that what it's called yeah okay uh, uh, there's a uh, a uh, I can't remember you know what have we all done in the pandemic we've been streaming Netflix HBO sure. and YouTube and whatever yeah yeah everything so mm -hmm. there's a, a, a great documentary series on that and it, it just happened. And What's you, it on? Uh, what was streaming device? I don't know. Oh, you That's know. what I don't know. Uh, did you watch it? Yeah. Okay. And it's called Nexium? No, 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 no. Oh. I, I, I got the uh, trailers and the highlights, and I read. Oh, you read. So the other thing I do for uh, mental hygiene mm -hmm. is um, I limit media. Mm. I love it. Why do you love it? Because we're all addicted and we realize it's an addiction um, and it's hard to pull away even when you're in that addiction and we're all in denial. We're constantly looking from screen to screen to screen to screen, consuming, 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 consuming. Very little creation is going on. And I'm not saying some people do create a lot. And we see them. Most of us, I feel like personally and for myself is literally a like consummate consumer and it drives me nuts. I'm yeah. so tired of consuming everything. Whether it's video games, uh, TV shows, articles, social media, etc., it's just it can, it gets annoying. Yeah. But you're so trapped in it that it's hard to break <clears throat> out. And and in the old days, um, we used to call it groupthink, mm. right? Because uh, it's like hurting, right? And yeah. being in the in crowd sure. and the out crowd and because we're all looking for relationships sure and we want to be accepted and if the group if the group is accepting us then we'll go along with whatever they want yeah right right but now i feel like groupthink and i'm gonna go is on a massive scale right? Yes. because no, of totally because of social media that's the way it is and so we want to yeah. be in the in crowd quote unquote and so we're willing to go along with whatever it is even if we feel like it's against our morals or we don't feel like it's right it's just it's easier just to either a shut up or b go along with it and be accepted because we all want to be accepted right that's like that tribal mentality um you know we're afraid if we get kicked out of the tribe we will uh, starve and die and get eaten by a lion that's what our brain is thinking so it's fear mechanism kicks in and goes you gotta you gotta stay in the tribe and to stay in the tribe you gotta follow this path whether you agree with it or not but now it's on a, a scale that's i mean is insane it's, it's, right? uh, and this is the current a great cultural historical challenge is what what to, you just said to break out of that or at least attempt to no you can escape it 
You can escape it, I feel like, if you're willing to take the slings and arrows. But you have to be strong enough to take that. Because you're going to get it from some people. Yeah. You I, know what I mean? I, um, it, because I, you know, became a, a licensed psychologist and, mm. you know, clinician. And, um, I just had a, somebody else handle a corporate Facebook. I, I never touched it. I don't put anything. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm not on anything. What I what I do is I read because uh, I don't even watch the news. I watch uh, parts. Yeah. Because that's emotionally laden, right? Of course. <clears throat> so um, I am well read. <laughs> okay. So mm -hmm. so um, uh, in Hinduism. Um, there are eight limbs of Hinduism, uh, you know, eight ways to emancipation from suffering. And um, uh, Raja Yoga, which is one of the limbs, you know, so, so you know, these physical yoga, um, music, you know, like sutra, you know, the uh, ragas. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is an ancient and great culture mm -hmm. that has born many things. and. And so, uh, Raja Yoga is like about mindfulness, mm -hmm. and <clears throat> the first aphorism in of Patanjali is that, and I, I, it's almost impossible not for me to use the way I heard it from my teacher because mm -hmm. I trained with some great people. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I was a constant, ex you know, uh, searcher, mm -hmm. and I, I was part of this. Um, Meditation center in Minneapolis happened to have some great, great person, um, and Patanjali is the uh, big guy in um, mindfulness or Raja Yoga. Mm -hmm. uh, and the first one, it's in the Sarayar, Yoga is the control of the modifications of the mind. Is the control of the modifications of the mind. Right, the emotionality. Okay. Controlling your emotions, not being run by them. Right. Is that kind of like... Yep. And, okay. and so from a martial art, karate son, um, your mind um, should be like placid water. Mm. So it gives a true reflection of reality. Mm. So you're not running your, you're not letting your emotions in a sense run you. It's not like you're right. Whenever something's super high, you're manic and riding high. And then when they go low, you go super low and you're yep. super sad. And then when it goes high, you're super happy. And it's this endless roller coaster of uh, euphoria, depression, euphoria, depression. It's, it's more keeping even keel throughout and having a, a clear eye on things. Yeah. And, mm. and, and that's why I'm considered a Buddhist psychologist mm. because, um, that is exactly the, you know, um, the position that change is constant, but we get emotional because we want to hold on to that, which is pleasurable. What, what would you say to people? So I, I understand what yeah. you're saying. What would you say to people who want to ride that high? You know, they, I don't want to, you know, cause I, I could see the, the counter argument to being like, okay, if something good happens almost to, I mean, you want to be, you want to feel good. 
You know what I mean? So what can you do in that stance of, uh, you know, you want to be even keel, you want to be seen clearly, but you also want to experience the high and experience the low. Are you saying you, you still do experience those? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, off the charts. Yeah. More now than I have for some time because I'm no longer having to be in, in uh, um, uh, a role. Yeah. You don't have to play a certain figure. Well, and... Legally, you have to, and you yeah. should, right? If you're a professor, if you're, a, you know, sensei, if you're, a, yeah, a therapist or something. Therapist. Yeah. Did right? you do clinical? Yeah, clinical psychology. Yeah, yeah, clinical psychology and family, family therapy, therapy. Yeah, alcohol and drug counseling. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. So you had a lot of kind of boxes you had to stay in innocence. Correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I helped license two hundred people. Yeah. You know, so it was a big clinic mm -hmm. and that. So um, it was burdensome. Yeah. And I feel so good having a simple life right now. Yeah, an authentic life. See, I don't know. Um, so you talk about trust your feelings. Mm. Which feelings do you trust? Um, so now, yeah, yeah. Now okay. I'm ta doing uh, my little dharma talk. Do it. I'm doing it right now. What feelings do I trust? You said trust your feelings. Well, I, uh, I guess one of feelings would be that little. We all have. I that. Say, and watch me mess with Jeffrey now. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. yeah okay. No, the tables are turned. I don't like it. No, I'm just no, kidding. No, no, I do no, like no. it. I'm just messing. No, no, I'm no, messing. no, no. And this is uh, true for everybody. So yeah. this is. Uh, I, this is questions I ask myself. Yeah. Of course. Um, so I, I don't know if you, what you mean by feelings. If you mean that little, you no, know, we all have that little thing that kind of rises up when it's like, Hey, yep. you should hold that door open for that person. You should say hi to that person. Uh, you know, you should, you should do this thing. And, and we're so used to sh pushing it down because we don't want to look a certain way. We don't want people to think a certain way about us. And every time you push that down, I do feel like you die just like a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you push it down, you know, you should have done it. And then it passes and you go like, I should have done that. I should have held that door. I should have said hi to that person. Or I should have, whatever it is, I should have, you know, gone for this thing that I wanted to do, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do feel like we should listen to that little voice probably like every time that's like something deep. And that, that would be like Carl Jung would say is like the subconscious, you know what I mean? Just like giving you like yep. a little, a little nugget, you know what I mean? And so often we just push that aside and say, you know what, I, you know, we think logical with this thing, you know, and this thing overrides it, unfortunately. Well, can I suggest the middle path? Oh yeah. What does that mean? Um, uh, that um, we have head and heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, the heart, um, are these emotions from experience that are important? So that's data, okay? Mm -hmm. And that data is important, mm -hmm. and you can't, you shouldn't push it down. But um, going uh, going back to Aristotle, yeah, he said. Um, that the mark of a wise person is they can hold two contradictory ideas without being held captive by mm, either one of them. I love that. And yeah, and and so uh, 
the <laughs> emancipation comes from strong feeling typically mm -hmm. right uh, distress um, because of circumstances right mm -hmm. um, but then you have to stay on top of it right <laughs> with mm -hmm. your head mm -hmm. um, anger for example is the one that leads to domestic violence and you know killings um, and then being gaga happy yeah leads to getting married in uh, in Las Vegas in a bliss in, in 10 minutes yeah 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 yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's this um, allowing yourself to ride and being like a silver surfer almost like being a watcher of that ride yes is that what you're kind of saying okay exactly okay so who is the watcher and who is the watched um i would say just from the meditation i do the watcher is probably um your your like almost i want to say maybe true self in a sense and the watched is just that like ever ending mind that's always running right and so you can actually watch over that thought process as they just flood in the weirdest things you know and if you can get to that point where you're not writing that constant stream and you're taking a step out of the river as it's flowing with just whatever you know i gotta do this i gotta do my shoes oh my i gotta do the laundry never ending what's gonna happen you know i was thinking about this conversation last night how am i gonna go with this what am i gonna say to walter what if i do but you almost have to take a step back and go stop you know push it aside and and that's when that watch watcher comes into play so if i could suggest one thing yeah. in your your analysis mm. as as a philosopher of life mm -hmm. and we all have we're all philosophers of life because um, we're living right yeah. and so we all have what might academically it's called folk psychology mm -hmm. folk philosophy mm -hmm. you know and um, true self um, I would uh, prefer, I would use the term like preferred self, the kind of person you want to be. Because mm. true means you're like a god. Mm. Or you, you, My truth is, yeah, it's kind of yes. like on this pedestal or something. Yep. Yeah. And, and some of the worst situations I had as a couple therapist mm -hmm. was two people talking about their true selves. Mm. And it was like a battle of truth, mm. right? It was like lawyers. And because you're not listening to my feelings. You're not listening to my feelings. Well, you know. As they dug deeper and deeper. And deeper, and, deeper. and it was like uh, lawyer arguments. Mm. Because they uh, uh, held um, to the certainty. Mm. And there is nothing certain. Um, it changes constant. The world now is not the world it was two years ago. Mm. Uh, I agree with you. There's a pre-COVID and there's a post-COVID world right. forever. And, and that's just. And this has been quite remarkable. You and I have spoken about this, right? So when you're a gym rat, you know, I call us gym rats, or what you know, uh, it's and this is what people. A lot of people don't. I don't think fully understand unless they're in a good 
gym buddy situation uh, or dojo buddy or boxing club or you know um or yoga studio yeah <laughs> so you're right, right so you all you know my where there's my well people freaking talk in between their lifts mm-hmm. or they you know and it is the gym talk mm-hmm. which is like uh dojo talk or yoga talk this the asides in conferences, we would call it the hallway conversations, where mm-hmm. these bre- breakthroughs. It's not the mm-hmm. organized. To me, it's real talk. You know, oh, you're no. do, you know, you're doing something physical. You're exerting yourself, and then you're having the conversations in between sets. And to me, those are very real for the most part. Oh, I think so too. Totally. You know what I mean? No, my over my life, the people I hold precious in my life are my uh, gym and dojo buddies. Mm. I've I've had relationships that lasted forty years, fifty years. Mm-hmm. Amazing, I mm-hmm. think. Right? What fraternity out there, or you know, is like that? Mm-hmm. My um, my university colleagues and that have all drifted apart and are encapsulated in being department heads. Mm-hmm. All right, they're like working and they they can't trash talk. Right, unedited, where you can just say it, and these, it's, and I mentioned this to you before, being process-oriented, outcome-free. I love that saying. I would really try. I like put that in my notes. I actually tweeted it. I think that that is so powerful when it sinks in. It takes like process-oriented, outcome-free. I'd never heard like, I knew that was a thing, but like the way you put that, yeah was incredible outcome free doing something and not worrying about not thinking not thinking right, right, but not right we're uh where there's a preconceived outcome that you think is going to happen or you or yeah. should happen or yeah oh should, yeah yeah totally. so the other word is should mm-hmm. right uh, i would use the word could mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's funny you know i'm talking to you about language mm-hmm. but um we we uh, in our in the uh, narrative of our minds, you know, this uh, we it, it's constantly we have these voices in our heads. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and they're talking to us all the time. Right, and uh, uh, this is the great struggle for human beings because we have consciousness mm-hmm. and. Um, these kind of we've moved from uh, old brain you know medulla amagata yeah well to the a survival brain which is just eat, eat. Pr- procreate uh have shelter and i guess sl- conserve energy those are like the four things animals want to do right they just want to keep doing those things um yeah we've kind of have this higher level of thinking that we can and this is a great blessing yeah and so what this creates is uh, we are both the observer and the observed. Mm. Like you and I talking now, I, I, uh, I'm observing myself talking to you, and so it's always a double story, mm. being the observer and the observed. And that is the essence of mindfulness. Would you say being the observer, well, having both at the same time, exactly. understanding exactly. both? Exactly, back to Aristotle. Yeah, understanding both is going on at the right. same time. And not being held captive by either to one. To either. 
Oh, oh, that's deep shit, right? That's deep oh. shit. How do you, and you, it's and, tough. It's hard. And and so the, in in Zen, you know, which is my traditions, you know, the Soto Zen Buddhism, um, uh, it's it it's like working in the gym, uh, and you have to, in order for your mind to be clear, you're constantly polishing the mirror and getting the dust off. So it gives a true reflection, you know, it, it, it gives you a clean reflection. Would you say that's what doing physical exercises is the wiping of the mirror? Yeah. Or, yeah. Right, because, I mean, we are on endorphin highs. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, it, it, your body starts craving those things. Initially, it sucks. I tell everyone that's going to start working out if they haven't done it in a long time. It's hard to move that ball initially. It sucks. You're weak. You don't feel good. As you keep going, though, you start getting slowly addicted to it. That high feeling of like. Well, it, 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 feeling normal doesn't feel good. Mm. Feeling at, right. When you know you can feel mm. great. Yeah. And. But being, you know, super healthy. So the same with the mind mm. in life is is trying to um, uh, feel great about, excuse me, suffering, mm -hmm. suffering, which is uh, trying to cling to that which you find pleasurable. Yeah, it doesn't Buddha say life is suffering? Yeah. Yeah. But but it, it's suffering. It's it dissatisfaction. Yeah. It, 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 it sula wanting. It, yeah. Right. And and so wants aren't bad. Uh, changes. I mean, changes the fact. Um, so how are? So I'm into comic books. I, I, that was the other thing I got into was when I was twelve, and that was comic books, and uh, that's how I learned how to draw. I, you know, and there's Marvel characters, whatever. You know, there's a new mythology that, you know, Stanley helped develop that is, you know, around the world now. Um, it's being a silver surfer, mm. right? Just cruising and how to ride these tides of ups and downs. Mm. You know, my family, we're in a good place now because I kept not being angry. Mm. Uh, you know, writing transitions and yeah. uh, you know, divorce is a terrible thing. Um, what's my choice, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm happy with the outcomes because we're getting along better than ever. I was going to say, I seem to, seem to have a great relationship still. And oh. it seems to be the best relationship you could have with an ex for sure. Because you're still friends. I mean, it's it, great. It can be better than with than uh, being with them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the after is better than the, the during. Yeah. Yeah. And you wonder why blood brothers and mates survive. I mean, my my uh, longtime friends—they're like you and you know Ruben. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, uh, uh, being mates. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, you two could. You know, conceivably, probably, because you've been through shit with the pandemic. I, I believe that the pandemic has changed the world, mm. and we went in a worldwide retreat where we got to sit down and stop and think. 
Mm. And this is revolutionary. I'm very excited about what's the possibility. You're excited about what's coming? What's potentially? What, what the possibilities are? What happened? Mm. And every culture, every, I mean, this is um, unprecedented uh, historically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the media has helped us stay connected through this. Mm. Right. So, but, you know, you guys can have uh, relationships, you can have marriages, you can have deaths, you can have sickness, and you'll probably still be buddies. Yeah. Well, I've noticed the thing with, and I have a core group of friends, the, the thing that really transcends just that friendship is we might not talk for a month or two. You know, sometimes we don't talk. But as soon as I call them and talk to them, it's literally like nothing has changed. And the same thing that will happen with Ruben. It's like nothing will change. You know what I mean? We'll be able to pick it right up. It's not this awkward, weird, superficial conversation. It's like a very – you can get really real very fast, and it's just like how's it going? You know what I mean? And I think that comes maybe with time and then being um, – like you said, going through something hard. And trusted. And don't trusted tr- friends, which yeah. are tested by adversity. Mm. And that's been the cleavage. Uh, where you find out who your real friends are and who, you know, who in your, in your garden of life mm-hmm. you want to keep. Mm-hmm. And you got to pull the weeds, which are mm-hmm. the things that suck away from your preferred uh, morals, pref- you know, uh, and, and real experience. You know, you, you find the ones who give you bad advice because mm-hmm. they got their own problems right and then you know it's just a very interesting time so how many friends do you have like do you mean real friends or do you mean like in in a sense you know what i mean because i do i feel like there's different levels of friendship and i have core i have these core Let, that's core the only group that's, that's the only ones i'm interested in uh i probably have uh um, just just a number you don't yeah, have to yeah I'm dr- no, 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 we, no. we don't want anyone to feel bad yeah i don't want to not say a name right, and they get upset right, 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 you know. there's probably like seven or eight that's it okay so research says that's how many real friends you're gonna have oh throughout my life uh or or like that's okay so that number seven eight mm. that the mistake i made in my career is I got uh, 27 people working with me. No, I can only relate in a work group and a consult group. The maximum is seven and eight, seven or eight. And uh, that's all, that, there is that real limit. Mm. Uh, and it's... Um, so this is a geopolitics of relationship. Mm-hmm. Geo, I mean, and I had a building. I had three floors, commercial property, you know, you know big therapy center. Everything went great when I was at the seven eight, mm-hmm. but because it was successful. And I was told by my financial planner, it's, you should buy your commercial property as a, a doctor. And, you know, this is how you make it. We had two floors. There was a separation between the first floor group and the mm. second floor group. Small tribe started building within yeah. the organization. Yeah, so tribe is seven or eight. Mm. 
and then you have you know level level one level two, two or whatever level three. yeah it branches out right and yeah. in a dojo so it's handled is uh um your your senpai or your seniors are at the next level or two up, mm -hmm. right? And so it self segregates in these uh, subgroups, in a in a effective way. It's very interesting to me. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this, you know, because of the Olympics and all that. Yeah. And and because my life has been, comp, you know, sport and. Well, sure, you saw the light at a young age. At 12, that was almost like... Uh, but it was just fortuitous. And yeah, you didn't know what you were doing. You weren't thinking so much about, what is this... You know, I think so many times we're thinking, what is this going to lead to? What is this going to be? You know, but as a child, you just accepted the pull, whatever that invisible string was pulling you up there, and you I, just went. I was fortunate to have really good mentors. Yeah. You also ran into a good place. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, and no good place doesn't go bad. Mm. So any organization, you know, has you know their own life and transitions and transformations. So uh, change is constant. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's very interesting to me. Yeah. Well, it's been the foundation of kind of your life. It seems like. That was the foundation, and now you've built everything you've done on top of that, you know. Uh, let me think about that. You don't agree with that? No, I don't. It's, no, 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 oh, no, okay. no. It's a good, no, that's fine. It, it's it's a, a good question. Yeah. Good questions are, are can't be answered mm. uh, because you have to stop and think, and you don't give an automatic response. Mm. What would you say is the foundation of your life? Okay. Uh, Foundations pl uh, would be plural. Okay. So every life is multi-storied. Okay. Right. There's the dominant narrative. Okay. And then there's sub subplots. So now this gets into what's now been accepted is uh, called narrative therapy. So that's what I helped uh, develop in as uh, in the Midwest. And in the United States, North America, um, the, a narrative, because you're asking story questions, mm -hmm. which are who, what, when, where, why. Okay. You know me too well, Walt. Oh, no, 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 no. This is the construction of narrative. Yeah. So narrative is a set of events linked in sequence. <laughs> I, you kept nodding and I kept looking at you. Oh, I, sorry. I, uh, forgive I'm me. I'm trying to keep up with you. I'm trying to I'm trying to like lock these things in. Narrative is a set of events that happen in sequences. Yeah. Yep. Which makes sense. Uh, linked in sequences. Yeah. Linked in sequences. So. Um, according to meaning or plot. Okay. So you asked me what is my fundamental narrative mm. and I don't have one okay I have a multi-storied and all human beings are mm -hmm. it's not a fait accompli you know it's just not your fate that you live this one storyline there's always a counterplot mm. 
subordinate plot running at the same time yes yeah and we just went through that with uh you know head and heart mm -hmm. right There's oh it's like this duality with everything everything yeah it's, but dual is only two You're saying there could be multiple ones running at the, obviously there could be multiple things running at the same. This is complicated. This is complex. Life is complex. And to accept that. Ugh. It's hard. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's hard oh. because we want it. We want it easy. Right. We want this or that one or zero one that, but it's, it's, and that's what social media did. It, it bifurcated. Mm. You're either this or you're that. Yes. Yeah. Well, you can look at that with our political system too. You're either this oh. or, I mean, I'm, I don't want to get into it. I don't really, no, no, we don't. it's exhausting. It's exhausting, it's exhausting, but it is either you're this or that. And if you're not this, then you're, you're not either with us or you're against us. You're this, that you're either Apple or you're Samsung, you're Android or you're this, you know what yeah. I mean? Because we want it nice and black and white, black and white, but really it's all gray. Well, <laughs> not if you're an Apple user, yeah. up like I am. If you would, Oh, look at if, you. Wow. Oh, see. I'm gonna tell you what to, the devices and the and the uh, you know cyber system you should be involved. In. <laughs> and, and by the way, I do I, uh, full disclosure. I, I have stock in Apple. Ooh. <laughs> well, you're smart. No, I know. No, no, I'm just saying. I, not, I watched the tank. Okay. Well, it tanked. But you're not only using the products, but now you're an investor in the system that you're using. So why wouldn't you invest in the system that you use and you enjoy? Because other people are going to like it. That's why it's smart. to If you're going to use Apple products, you should probably invest in Apple. Because if you like it, other people are going to like it. If other people are like it, stock's going to go up, correct? And no, I totally disagree with you. Oh, okay. Because uh, shit storms happen off the well, side. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I have made so many bad investments in my life. Mm. It makes, makes my, I get crocodile tears. <laughs> I get crocodiles. So any of you guys out there thinking Bitcoin or whatever, and you think, oh, this is a great this thing. This is the thing. And Robin Hood Robin and Hood. all that. Well, I, I want to tell you, I have lost so much money believing in some uh, analyst profit. Oh, yeah. Oh, profit. Right. Oh, I know what the stock market yeah. I know what companies are. <laughs> right. And no one, you know, it's just like, uh, I'm a very humble man. And I have a financial investor, I mean, uh, consultant, because I can't handle it. I can't handle the episode. I'll get mental. Right. I'm an older man now, you know, and I'm, you know, on a fixed income. And, <laughs> and so uh, uh, based on this, uh, consider. Uh, uh, do, you know, donating money to uh, my uh, GoFundMe account. No, I'm kidding. I know. Right? I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. But it, no, it's just like it, life is humbling. And if you stay uh, both uh, brave and humble. Oh, man. That's good. It's tough. But you're right. Yeah, brave and humble. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it's it's hard to do. Mm. You know, not saying like it's hard. It's it's easy. I mean, I'm, in one sense, I think it's personally easy to be humble, but it's hard to be brave, especially in a world that I would say society almost doesn't. It, we're so conflicted. I feel like on one hand, we want people to be brave and like stand out and do what they want and like 
buck the system. But then if you try to do that, you're gonna have people, of course, with everything, tell you, you know, what are you doing? Why don't you do this? Why don't you take this path that's cleared out or has been followed before, you know, that's safer or whatever. It's almost like they don't want you to, to break away too much because not a lot of people do it. It's hard. It's really hard, you know. Um, yeah, to be brave and humble at the same time is, is not, yeah. not easy. And so the advice you always get is probably 10 years old, five years old, and so it's a known and familiar path to success. Mm. And um, you know how, okay, so I was a, you know, like a real university instructor, right? Wow. 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 Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't realize I was speaking to a real university professor. No. Uh, instructor. In oh. Yeah. No. They, there's a hierarchy there. Oh. I had no idea. Yeah. It started in the 1500s. Mm. Yeah. So all, the, all this university stuff came out of the 1500s, the Enlightenment. But. Got you. Um, and I was a vocational counselor, right? And I knew everything. I knew the test and all kinds of stuff. I knew I knew shit. Um, much of it is currently irrelevant. From the universities? Or what do you mean? What do you mean much of it's irrelevant? Uh, meaning... Uh, do not be trapped by it. The university system? Systems. Or the thing. Okay. Right, Trump University. Okay. <laughs> the great university. Right. I'm so glad I attended. <laughs> I know. Right. So I got out because I saw them flipping students, right, for money. Because mm. student loans would be guaranteed by oh. the... Oh, am I talking? You're keep, sure, keep to, going, keep going. Oh, yeah. Ruben and I have talked about this immensely. Uh, no. The incentive structure is all jacked up with universities. Oh, totally. Because the government is willing to give whatever money you want if you're yeah, in higher learning. That's going to change. So then the price goes up, and they they say, oh, it's to pay for X Y Z. No, you just raise the price because you know the government's going to fund whatever student wants to go. That's why it's seventy five thousand dollars a semester, which is insane. It's all jacked. The whole system is jacked. Totally agree, and I was an insider. And you were in it. <laughs> okay, I, absolutely. I, I, uh, I uh, started my training center uh, because there's this course you take at university if you want to be a psychotherapist, psychologist, whatever, called professionalized professionalism mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. how the professionalism you know runs how, you know how you get your license how you get your practice and imagine you want to actually make money mm -hmm. um, based on your degree okay are, are you there with me I'm, tr I'm keeping up keeping they up. have a course on how to make money with your degree how do you actually make money with this and, thing yeah and how to be a you know, licensed psychologist, mm -hmm. licensed psychotherapist, licensed, mm -hmm. right, um, whatever. Okay. How do you actually make money with what you just went to school for? Yeah, imagine yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, imagine people would be interested. Yeah. 
I would, yeah, I would think so. Oh, duh. You go to school and you're like, okay, I know some stuff, but like, how do I, what do I do with this? With my communications major or with my English major. Yeah. Or with my, um, uh, world studies or whatever you want to call it. Whatever. Any, any major that's not a STEM, I would say maybe like a direct where it's like, there's a direct link to something. How do I make money with this? Yep. Yeah. So I'm sure it's a popular course. Oh, it's mandated. Oh, it's okay. Of course it is. Yeah. Uh, for three credits, you know, and so I did a timeline, you know, that just like, I'll just use one example getting, um, becoming a marriage and family therapist, which is, you know, a, a great field. Um, uh, you know, you spend like two years, um, taking coursework mm-hmm. and then these two years where you see clients and you're supervised. Okay. I got that. Follow me. Two year coursework, two year supervision. Right. Working. Working in the field. In the field. Yeah. Maybe having, do you have your shadow? Is that correct? Yeah. Shadow someone. Shadow one. Yeah. At the end of which you become independently licensed. Okay. So I did that. And there was a, a, a subgroup of students that complained to the dean because they didn't know they couldn't just be therapist after two years of coursework. Oh, they were trying to do two years and then boom, you're a therapist oh, no, and no. you can start charging. They, no one told them. Oh, they kept it kind of. The, the university did. Okay. Okay. Because they want them to, they want people to join and come in and not question, you know. It's all happy talk, right? Of course it is. Any, any student going into a university is told happy talk, right? Yep. That's how they get them in it. Yeah. Yeah. And they complained to the dean. And I got pulled into the dean's office where they told me not to tell them that. Oh, don't tell them the truth. Yes. Oh, I mean, right. <laughs> that was the day I quit. Oh, really? Totally. Whoa. You, that was a big, wow. I mean. That's awesome. Would I be, am I going to be part of a system of exploitation mm. of the, the young, the vulnerable? No. Yeah. I couldn't live with myself. Yeah. And that's why I started my own training center. Wow. Which became really successful and led to my own hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, your own created hell. You weren't in someone else's hell. At least you created your well, own hell. What <laughs> I had no, I didn't get trained in uh, HR. I didn't mm. get trained in. You were the HR guy. No. Oh. I uh, no, I was at first. At, at first, yeah. Yeah. With any business, right? You kind of put right. on all the hats. Well, and you know, I'm sure your listeners know about LLCs and about oh, the tax structure. Oh yeah, they're in. And they're a smart. business, to, you know, right? And the interlocking mm. uh, uh, demands, regulatory mm. demands, and that. I got my MBA backwards. <laughs> you got ABM? M, MBA, Master in Business, uh, you know. Yeah. And. You're saying it was a learning experience. <laughs> Painful. <laughs> Painful. So uh, just think, uh, did Steve Jobs, how, uh, how long did Steve Jobs stay at university? 
I think like one semester. And exactly. then he was like, what am I, I'm wasting all my, I think I remember specifically saying I'm wasting all my parents' money. Yes. That they spent a long time saving up. Right. Because he was uh, adopted and rejected yes. twice. Yes. So this is how you turn suffering into uh, and values. Mm. He was living by values and appreciation. Mm. And Wozniak and him out of his parents' garage Mm-hmm. Started Apple, yeah, and and Bill Gates, he never completed his degree. Yeah, um, I think it's very important for you in the audience not to complete your degrees. Uh, <laughs> yeah, then you'll be like Steve Jobs. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. You you I, get you get a, you get a role. Yeah, you get on a you get a role. You see things. Mm. I mean, so uh, places of learning are important. Mm-hmm. But now they're much more diversified. Yeah. And well, it's almost like having the space to learn is important. Yes. Whether that's in a space. university where you sign a check or it's like even somewhere, I don't know, outside in your oh. life that you have a space where you can learn. And it's all over now. Yeah. So, you know, you're half my age. Am I? Yeah. And you're pretty. Thank you. And you're I'm pretty tr- too. I'm trying to stay pretty too. You are staying pretty. You go to the. I mean, you, you're putting in the work. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's uh, this is gym talk. Now you're hearing gym talk. This is gym yeah, talk. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's uh, the opportunity for all of you that are supporting my Medicare and Social Security, <laughs> which I thank you for. Um. <laughs> oh, he 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 laughed. It's funny. He this boy laughed. It's funny. He laughed. Uh, but it's everywhere. I mean, you just look, and you'll find it. And uh, you know, just like this gig you have going here. Yeah. Uh, this is the best equipment I've seen in my entire career. Uh, thank you, Walter. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you, Walter. I yeah. appreciate the compliment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not complimenting you. You can uh, leave a tip in the jar when you leave. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Why don't you say I, thank you? I did say thank you. Okay. I said thank you. I didn't hear that. Okay. You, you heard what you wanted to hear. I did say thank you. I said oh, thank oh, you. Oh, listen to that. <laughs> I'm being judged now by being nice. It's hard to be nice anymore in the world. Yeah. Okay. No, so, I, I wanted to make something good. I felt like there's enough crap out there. And um, so that's why I spent the money to get the mixer. I don't know how, I didn't know how any of this worked. Ruben helped me a lot with setting all this up, getting the camera to work with the computer and the mixer. Um, yeah, I just, I just wanted to try to make something good. I don't even know what that means, but. Uh, and this is what's exciting. Yeah, what's exciting? This. This is happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in my day, the reason I got into Apple, mm-hmm. it had a visual interface and I could publish off of it. And what year was this? I think uh, uh, 1842. Okay, good, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When the <laughs> apple fell off the tree, hit you in the head. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, um, I, I, I I didn't pay attention at the time, okay? Yeah. I just wanted, um, because, okay, so I moved, okay. I was a university student mm-hmm. from 1970 on. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I went, you know, Vietnam War, did that deal and stuff. Uh, stayed stateside, um, and I um, was uh, working in the Department of Psychiatry mm -hmm. at the University of Minnesota, and um, we had IBM cards, which are computers then, we had one big com fancy computer, I would program COBOL. And is that where you had to punch in, like, it was like a, thing, a punch board, and you had to like punch in and then feed it into the computer, is that how that worked back yeah, then somewhat? Yeah, it did, it did. Okay. It was so hard. I believe, yeah, you say it like that, but like, yeah. Yeah, oh, oh. And, um, and, and, uh, yeah, so I like computers, yeah. you know, and but it was miserable. Computers and in general. No, back no, in no, the day. no, no, Or, then, right or that punching the. I, I, see, I, I was a research assistant, and I, um, I got paid, you know, for that, mm -hmm. and um, I had to produce stats, right? You know, Department of Psychiatry of you know how people are doing this and that they did various experiments and i was the stat guy uh, i was no i was the flunky that was told what to do which was fine right we're uh, at the bottom started from the bottom now you're here you know yeah started doing stats now look at you <laughs> yeah <laughs> and 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 uh then uh my dissertation, my my bachelor's, because um, I was whatever I I had to write a major paper. I had to hire someone to type it all in. Why was that? Because I couldn't type fast. You were the tick 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 tick. No, I can use all of all well, now. Fingers. I'm saying back then. Yeah. And because I was Polish American and English wasn't the strongest thing. Uh, so syntax. And you need someone to kind of like fine tune whatever ideas you were having or the research you were doing. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. and then the, uh, we got fancy typewriters, which were called IBM Selectrics because you could, you could erase. You could backspace. Backspace. Yeah. Oh, now you're getting into it. Oh, I'm, I'm learning. Oh shut up! Yeah, I was. I just, I just uh, watched uh, half the Loki series, right? Marvel Loki, mm. and they all use the old stuff, right? So you can look there, okay? I can look to Lord Loki to learn about our history. Me. Oh. And what it was like. Okay. And we actually wrote things on paper. Whoa! So what is paper? Oh, penmanship, <laughs> right? Wow! Uh, yeah, it's all gone, right? Now we all write chicken scratch. We don't even know how to write. We don't know how to We don't know how to spell unless we have spell check. I think it's all beautiful. Yeah, and um, and then uh, Apple came out with, uh, you know, this, you know, uh, visual interface. Yeah. And it changed my life. Yeah. Well, that was the big thing they were pushing, right? Is that visual. I think it was like the Mac 1, what they call Mac 1, Mac 2, or Lisa, or whatever it was called. But yeah, it had a visual interface that you could just double click. I mean, we still use it to this day, obviously. Um, yep. And I like uh, 
you know, the IBM Surface a lot because they, they're one generation behind Apple, so that's fine. But it's very nice and it's yeah. cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but that, that just, uh, 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 then I could write. And I wrote mm -hmm. papers, I wrote books, I did all that stuff. That gave you the, the tool to express tool. yourself. Right, for mm -hmm. somebody who was an immigrant to had, uh, you know, um, issues with uh, writing clearly in mm -hmm. any language. Mm -hmm. And what's happening now is you can do this program, mm -hmm. and these kind of programs are happening all over the world. Mm -hmm. And it's like bottom up. Mm -hmm. And I consider you part of the resistance. Res mm, the resistance. Oh, I was going to go to French. Oh, oh okay. Allons en vente de la patrie. Um. <laughs> I'm a part of the resistance. 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 Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's not what's French. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Japanese yeah. karate. Yeah. Well, you're a sensei. <laughs> well, Get me all into that. Yeah, domo wakato, Mr. Roboto. You got it. <laughs> no. It, I think what you're saying is uh, because I'm kind of doing, I'm, it's self-produced. Uh, distribution is now free, which hasn't been a thing ever. I don't know where the camera is. Am the I camera's camera? right here. Oh, oh, I'm supposed to look this way? No, you're not supposed to look this way. I only have one camera, so it's like we got to work with what I got. I don't, you know, big big time podcasts have multiple okay. cameras on you, on okay, me. So, they have okay. a producer, blah, blah, blah. This is my setup. I have it's a camera here. Okay, so I should look that way. Well, you don't have, <laughs> oh, hey, baby. Why don't you put that up on the screen? Well, because then you might get, you know, when you start looking at yourself, then no, you might I don't. get self-conscious. No, I don't. I'm not that kind. You want to see what you, you want to see what it looks like? Yeah. Okay. What others are seeing? This is what others are seeing. Well, then I'm going to look that way because I've been looking this way. Well, I don't want to stop you from doing your thing. Well, you can't. <laughs> yeah. You can't. See, now when it's up, I want to look at it. That's the issue. That's why I don't have it up all time. It's just fine. Uh, and, and so I did get to the level of having a two-camera shot for everything. I had this, this straight camera, yeah. and then I have a... One on the guest or whatever, one yeah, on yourself. Yeah, that would go back and forth. And you would have, uh, you know, Ruben uh, going back and forth. Being the producer. Someone that goes, oh, back. Oh, you're talking? Now it's on you. Oh, that guy's talking? Now it's on him. Oh, wide shot, close up, wide shot, blah, blah, blah. So uh, in the future, I think, uh, okay, so where is the camera? It's um, right there. Oh, hi. You see it? I see it. Yeah. Hi, camera. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, in the future, this production shall have a two-camera shot. You'll have better visuals, and you'll, the, the uh, guests shall uh, look cooler. If oh, you don't else. think you look cool? I think you look really well, cool. Well, but I've been looking this way. Well, <laughs> okay. I thought I, you knew the camera was there. I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> okay, I want to apologize. Uh, Scrap the whole thing. Yeah, can we redo this? You know, yeah. A, yeah. No, so you're, this is a work in progress, you all. It is. This is episode two. Yeah, you all. How do you say you all? Y'all. How do you, No, no. You, no, how do I say Texas right? Y'all. Y'all. How do y'all say? Y'all. You got it. You got it. I good? Yeah. I good? Yeah. I'm good? You're a, you're a Texan. Good enough. You're a Texan now. Okay. It's so hard to be me. Okay, here's what I would suggest. Okay, what I would, would you suggest? Put that camera up 
a little bit higher. You think higher? I don't know. I, what do well, I, I don't, know? I, I don't know, know nothing. I know nothing either. I know nothing. I'm just oh. trying. That's all I'm doing right now I'm is gonna, trying. I'm going to cry right now. Don't I cry. Just, I don't just, cry. You know, I just want to look pretty. What's wrong? All, you look pretty. I look You're pretty good. All the time. You look pretty all the time. <laughs> warts and all. Right? Accept yourself, warts and all, and that what you're supposed to do. We all have things that we are in, uh, subconscious about that we're insecure about, blah, 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 blah. You just have to accept it because we all have it in differing varieties and ways. Yeah. Right? I love that about you. No, stop. Oh, you stop, okay? Where were we? I don't now know. That See, I that's know what happens when you throw that up. Then you start getting, you start looking over. No, at no, it. no, no. I, I wanted to look at the right place. Okay, well, that's the camera. Listen, I've done stuff in the past, and I'm just trying to. Okay, so in the past, you know, and yeah. I, I, you know, I, I went through a period where I was an actor. Oh yeah, tell me about that. I went through that phase as well. Sorry, I was reading. That we had three comments on this video so oh, far. Well, let's see. And then we'll go back to you being an actor. Oh, I no, want to no, hear no, about no. that experience. I want to. I want to hear from the studio audience. So, uh, VH Golden Sword said, "Want to become famous? Buy followers, primes, and viewers." <laughs> okay, so that's a crap one. Uh, my buddy Daniel said, "Looks like the NXIVM doc is on HBO." Yeah, that's Nexium. That's how they spell it. Oh, oh. So he's oh, okay. Yeah. Thank okay. you, Daniel. I want to thank you for this. Yeah, and then Walt, uh, Scuba Ruba said Walter looks really cool. And then he put four exclamation points. What does that mean? No one knows. It's like an enigma. Well, I, okay, I'm, I'm assuming, and uh, it's wrong to assume. Oh, because... You, you know what assume means? It makes an ass out of you and me. You are in... This is gym talk, dudes. And it's being in a... If you're on a freaking team and you get have your coach <gasps> trash you, okay? But... Uh, I would say that it's four out of five. What do you mean? The documentary or what do you mean it's four uh, out of five? What? Put that back up. Okay. You want to go back to that? Don't you care about your audience? Oh, fourth. Oh, he's saying fourth comment. Well, do I, I don't, do I care about my oh, audience? Oh, fourth comment. I see. So, you assumed. Scuba Ruba uh, uh, clarified. Yeah. He let us know. Yeah. You're saying appreciate the clarification. Okay, I got to look down. Yeah. You want to see what that looks like? There it is. There it is. <laughs> okay. So how long were you an actor, Walter? Five years. Really? That's a good amount of time. And what age were you when you decided to make the jump, and where did you go? Um, I got recruited. Wow. Oh. Whoa. Wow, you oh. were recruited. You were scouted. I was scouted okay. by Target, which okay. is a, a big company out of uh, is it Minnesota. I don't know. Is Target still around? I've, I've never even heard of Target. Okay, Target was this big. No, it's still there, isn't it? I was just yeah. Of course, Target's huge. Oh, Target's like Walmart almost. You know, not as big, but I. I, I, was, I was messing with you. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Target's big. Go on though. Target's big. Put the put it back up. No, why do you want that back up? You want you want the thing up? I want it up. Fine. See, I gotta turn my shirt. No, this is why I don't want it up because you start looking at yourself too much and you go, oh, look I shouldn't look head. like this. I shouldn't do that. No, no, no. Uh, there's this guy named Rogan. You gotta get up. 
Oh, this guy named Rogan. Who's Rogan? <laughs> I'm messing with you. Go on. Out of coming out of Austin, Texas. Okay. God bless Austin, Texas. I just want to tell you, um, and it's fine. Your history and all that. I love Austin. Yeah. How long have you been in Austin, Walt? Since uh, January of this year. And you don't want to go anywhere else. No. Yeah. I I, I ice happy. Use eyes use happy his. Ice happy his. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, master. <laughs> I just wanna I just wanna be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do what you all say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you got your guns. Just well, don't shoot me. No, we won't shoot you. No one's gonna shoot you. I haven't seen a gun. Uh, in the city limits, I, yeah. I'm only I'm really happy they're outside the city limits. They're outside. I mean, some people maybe in the city have them concealed handguns. You just won't see them. You won't see them unless you need to see them. And if you need to see them, something's going down. <laughs> what? Is that intense? Uh, yeah. I scurry like a cockroach. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I use your body. Yeah, use me <laughs> as a shield. Yeah, to get blown away. Yeah, well, I'd probably scurry with you to be honest with you. So oh no, it's, it's terrible. It's crazy. I'd like to think I was a hero, right? I'd like to think oh, if something. Fuck, shut up. No, no, Will no. Shut up. No, no. Okay. I'm just saying I would like to think if something was going down, I would run in. But in reality, I might run away. I mean, I don't know. I'm not in that situation. I'd like to hope that I ran towards to save. Right? That's what a hero does. They run into to danger without knowing the consequences. I don't know what I'd do though. What is this boring you? No. Um, I, because I, I work with so many military and police and stuff. Yeah. And I, and I had a contract with the Minneapolis Police Department for snipers. Uh, the snipers have four kills in them, and then they can't do it. Why is that? <laughs> what happens after four after four kills? Just like comes too much. It's too much. Yeah. Guilt or something or. I mean, obviously, it's very heavy. Don't get me wrong. I understand. But I'm just, like, wondering, like, what happens? Are they just, like, I can't do this anymore? Right. Yeah. Like, their conscience comes into play or something along those lines? Snappers are important. Yeah. And so... They're also hardcore. They're crazy. I mean, you know, they have to sit up there for... some. You know, you hear about military snipers sitting up there for weeks on end, not moving, being as quiet as possible, still as possible. Yeah. So, when you're SWAT team mm -hmm. you get called in mm -hmm. um, hostage situations and um, uh, uh, so I'm not going to say his name um, it was one of the last cases I, I handled with for the police and um, There was, okay, so if I can talk about methamphetamines. Okay. You have methamphetamine towns. You have like, I mean, it's like cloistered. It strangleholds the entire town? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. When you say you have or, towns? Or just in a place where they're making. It's uh, produced? Yeah, it's produced. Okay. So we have that in Minnesota. Certain towns are like meth towns yeah. or something? Okay. Yep. Or, or just areas, you know, you know mm. trailers in the woods and I see. stuff, right? Yeah. And so this is my past life, okay? This yeah. is what I dealt with, you know, what I got paid for. and One of those subplots. 
Yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. I'm trying to bring it all back. And you, now you're following me. Ooh. Ooh. Life As is you multi story. So this is uh, uh, what it's like to be a sniper and work with snipers. Okay. Uh, and work with police, um, which I have such incredible respect for in, in the military. Um, and and I, I was actually World War, you know, Vietnam War um, um, conscientious objector. <laughs> but I, I did my service for two years. Um, that's how I got in psychology, actually, you know, working at a psychiatric hospital. Uh, so I did my duty and um, babysat my friends. So anyway, um, the last ca sniper case I handled was um, uh, a crack, uh, not a crack, a methamphetamine house. Uh, and it was his dad, you know, his wife, he's got three kids, right? Mm -hmm. And gets caught up in methamphetamine and making money that way. And and using it, so he was on a four day run. What does that mean? Just he was binging it for four days straight. Is that yeah, what a four yeah. day run means? Okay. And so, you know, psychotic and mm. um, and holding his family hostage. Jesus. Yep. With like a weapon, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, weapons, yeah, of yeah. course. What What was his purpose of holding them hostage? I mean, obviously he's delusional. He's drugged. He's on meth. Right. There's no logic. To no it. logic. Okay. Gotcha. It just uh, yeah. got crazy. Yeah. And Those kids. Ugh. It, That's sad. Everyone has kids and families. There's yeah. not a, a single criminal that doesn't have kids and families. Yeah. I mean, it's a, these are human beings mm -hmm. who get caught up in a criminal lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Right? So you got to separate the person from... The situation. Yeah. yeah. And our... Um, um, <coughs> Whatever narrative led him to mm. methamphetamine, which makes you feel grandiose, you got all this energy, blah, 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 blah. It's very seductive. Meth. Meth, yep. And, um, and so the SWAT team came in and they, you know, had a big ring around and uh, they were worried about the, you know, the wife, mom, and the three kids. Understandably, right? Yeah. And what the, um, you know, the police do and, and that is that they try to mediate it. And so you have, um, you know, police, uh, you know, who are expert and in their way of negotiating a hostage situation, okay? Mm -hmm. And um, this guy, you know, hadn't been sleeping for his four or five days, whatever, mm. hard to negotiate. Uh, yeah, I would think so. And um, was surrounded and was enraged that he didn't have an escape. He was, yeah, he trapped. Trapped. Trapped, yeah. A dog trapped in a corner. So the sniper SWAT police officer I worked with uh, um, was at about 100 yards. Mm -hmm. 
and had his gun trained, you know, to protect or whatever would happen. What does that mean, gun trained? Just this, oh, his, uh, like locked in and ready to go? Yeah, Is yeah. that what that means? Okay. okay. Yep. And um, this gentleman uh, came out of the house with a gun, uh, a shotgun, and he um, saw the officer 100 yards or whatever. He saw the sniper or he saw the officers around the house? The sniper. Oh, he saw him. Right, with wow. a gun on him. Wow. And he shot him. The sniper shot him? Yeah, shot okay. the officer. Oh. Shot the sniper. Wait, wait, what happened? So the guy, the meth guy, walks out of the house with a shotgun. And See, then what happens? Sees the person with the gun. Sees the sniper a uh, hundred yards away or, or, or yeah or whatever okay sees him far away with a gun on him yes and he shoots shoots the shotgun which obviously hits and pelts yeah just kind of brushes well because you're sniper. wearing armor yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you know it just uh, well, no, shotgun shoots all those little pelts out so they kind right. of and, yeah. and it just comes out the side of his yeah. neck and stuff yeah. and so this my you know, police cop, you know, colleague, whatever, it's client, shoots and kills him. Okay. One shot. Yeah. So you're trained as a sniper to turn around and not look at the kill. Because mm. you don't want the picture in your head. Before he could turn around, he saw the wife and the three children run to the their husband, father's body. Oh, no. And hug him. Oh, crying. Oh. Wow. That's where you have maximum of like four kills. Yeah. And then you got to pull out. You got to do something. And that's when he quit. He, he, he quit that whole thing. And, you know, and he uh, rode a horse. And the police officers ride horses in Minneapolis. Ooh. In downtown. You know, just, uh, you know, shady places. Mm -hmm. And they're shady after dark, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's that story. I'm well, so sorry I got into this. You don't, you can edit that why, out. Yeah, there's no editing. There Nothing is edited. This is like for real. This is all for real. This is like, walk. I, I equate this to walking a tightrope. Because it's live. Nothing's going to get edited. Yeah. Um, no, that and story you, was wonderful. And do you understand why I retired after 40 years? Why? How many stories like this can you keep in your head? Yeah, I think you're like you're like almost like suffering, right? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. No, I I spent a year in, in a therapy group with people like me. Um, yeah, just pouring this stuff out because you keep you keep all this sick. You keep you know you don't talk to anybody about it. Yeah. I talk to nobody about it. Yeah, because there was no one I could talk to. Who yeah. else in the Twin Cities dealt with police? With police, HR, yeah, and and you know, new snipers, and you know, and the same with, uh, you know, I'm not against guns. I like guns. I've learned how to shoot, use guns and rifles and stuff. Just as a martial artist, right, and interested, and um, and so uh, Matt, uh, another case. This is just how police suffer. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm just telling you how. It, the shit goes down. Yeah, they have a very difficult job. Day oh. in and day out. You can't have an off day. 
You know, no. sometimes an, you know, an accountant or whatever has an off day, he strolls in the office, he does his work, no one bothers him, he goes home, he's, I didn't feel that good that day, but that's fine. No one gets shot, no one gets killed, nothing goes wrong. But these officers, man, day in, day out, you got to show yeah, up. Yeah, but, but it's very rare you shoot anybody. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. I don't know the stats, but it's like, you can spend a whole career and never shoot anybody. Yeah. And... Um, um, so there was an officer, and he was the trainer for police how to shoot. Mm -hmm. So you're in a gun range, right? The police mm -hmm. gun range and mm -hmm. stuff, and you're shooting. Well, the, the bullets, they have mercury mm -hmm. and stuff in them, mm -hmm. and they do blood testing. Mm -hmm. And once your mercury level, whatever, is gets too high, you can't do that job. You can't, you can't. How does your mercury level get too high? Bullets going in you or what oh, are you no, talking no, about? No, 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 from the powder. Just from blowing, shooting the gun so much and the powder just kind of like absorbing it's into all, your it's breathing all over. it no, in. No, it's toxic, or, Yeah. right? So they do, they do a blood test on, uh, on uh, you know, people that, uh, you know, train officers and how to shoot guns and mm -hmm. rifles and stuff. and. Mm -hmm. And it's a job they love because these are like martial artists, and that's so you know the weapon that police use, or you know guns and rifles of different sorts, and um, and then once you hit that limit, man, you're out. Yeah, it's something you've done for 20 years and you love, and you've helped so many people. Mm -hmm. So this is this is some of the insider story. I don't know exactly how he got there, but oh, this cool. is why. This is my old life. You've had a lot of lives. You've done a lot of things. So it's multi-storied, right? Yeah. Some, you know, Buddhist psychologist and narrative therapist and professor and HR. Yeah, and running your own business. You've done a lot. You live long enough, you can do a lot. You can, yeah, I like the way you phrase that. You can do a lot. Not everyone does a lot with that time, right? Some people don't live one-tenth of what someone else lives or whatever but you can do if you choose or give yourself um i always reuben getting hard time, i always say give yourself permission you know what i mean not to get trapped into one thing or not to think you're one thing or not to think you're not good enough to do another thing blah 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 blah, blah. so yeah yeah what i find interesting what i'm gonna bring it back to your first story was whenever the sniper killed the the meth at the meth head um the family then ran out to comfort him and was crying and I understand that's their father but it's kind of interesting as a human instinct to think that guy had held his family hostage he was on meth for four days very erratic could have potentially killed them um, and still at the deepest level they were connected and sad to see their father shot and I understand that aspect but it's kind of crazy how w willing humans are to kind of like push aside the negatives of someone that they love you know what I mean does that make sense? That even though he was this crazy meth head that was shooting cops and like held them hostage and was probably saying the craziest stuff, at the end of the day, his family still stood by his side and was sad he was gone, even though he was this. So, so uh, um, here's the reality. Mm -hmm. uh, he only used meth every so often. Mm. Um, when a person would come in 
to see me about an alcohol problem, for example, got court referred, I, I would ask, um, well, have you been drinking now? And he would say, no. I said, why not? <laughs> well, because I was going to see you. And I said, why didn't you drink? And he said, because I value my family. I want to get mm. this court thing over with. Mm. I, I value them more than anything. Mm. And um, there's no such thing as a drug addict or a meth head. Uh, it's people having this other narrative that doesn't define them. Yeah, this subplot that is running through their life. Yeah, but isn't ultimately their dominant narrative or whatever you want to say. Um, right. Like you said, you got to separate, almost like you're separating the two. Like yeah. there's a person and then there's a person who does this thing, but that doesn't make that person, because they've had a life, a full life before that. You know what I mean? Well, uh, I disagree of mm -hmm. your construction. Okay. Um, Um, virtually all problems are temporal or temporary mm. or situational and um, I've never met an alcoholic that was drunk all the time mm. I've ne I mean I've never met uh, someone like domestic violence that I mean it's like domestic violence uh, it happens maybe 5% of the relationship yeah but it's terrible of course but 95% of that is a yeah I would say maybe normal functioning if that's the correct term but yeah but if, if you take this, these courses like in criminology mm -hmm. and stuff, uh, the lowest recidivism rate is for murderers. They're the least likely to murder again. Because uh, homicide happens in, when they're drunk, they're high, mm. um, caught up uh, the emotions kind of like what we talked about initially they, they let that emotion the anger emotion or whatever run them for that small period of time they did something traumatic and but they're, now they're back to I guess the normal functioning but they've already but it was committed always the crime. that yeah yeah and then it got it something got out of hand yeah got crazy peaked something crazy. happened and now they're back to themselves but they still did commit whatever it was but they're not that person that was in that moment Right, see, yeah. and, and you say person, so um, uh, identity mm -hmm. is um, situational. We're different people at different times. Totally. And this is true in love. Uh, you're a young man, you've known a lot of love. Mm, not as much as I'd like to, but yeah. But uh, there's the good, the bad, and the other. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for whatever yeah. that interchange is, yeah. right? Yeah. So does, when it's bad, does that mean you're a 
bad lover, mm. right? Uh, it's just, it's, life is multi-storied. Identity is constructed, mm. and it's co-constructed in relationship and situation. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I have this new identity here. I'm a um, grandfather, mm. you know, senior citizen. That's an interesting one. You don't act like a senior citizen. That's what also drew me to you. Because how old are you? 60? I'm 68, yeah. You don't act 68. And I don't even know what acting 68 means, but in my head, I always thought of, and it is changing, I would say, nowadays, but like I always thought of 68 as like, you know, you're slowing down, but you don't seem to be slowing down at all when I see you. Oh, no. You have more energy than all these 30-year-olds and 20-year-olds walking around here 99% of the time. I don't know what it is. I don't know if we're just in this fog where we're just like, uh, Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so this is absolutely true. I, it's only my martial art or, or gym friends that I connect with mm. because they're still training. They're still doing their stuff. Uh, if you don't have that mind-body discipline, I, I mean, I feel like I have eternal youth. I'm mm. like a proof of concept. Mm. You know how people promise, you know, you do this and you're going to be young forever. I feel that. Yeah. And, and, but that's why I don't like to, <laughs> it's just like, uh, that's why, um, you know, I only hang out with 20, 30, 40 year olds. So. Yeah. And do you feel like you can't hang out with someone that's 68 or like they've let, I mean, if they're a martial artist or a gym rat, you can, you can. Oh yeah. Then this, I mean, look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And then one of my Minnesota friends, Jesse Ventura, who became a mayor and I mean a governor and now he's living in Cabo, smoking pot and, you know, having a good old time. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, this life you and I are talking about, this life you're living, uh, this life that all can live, uh, it gives you lifelong health and well-being outside of the cancer or junk that getting hit by a car, mm. right? I mean, I wear a helmet when I ride my electric bike. I have an electric bike because if I get tired, I don't have a car. Right? It's yeah. just, I just, I've had a car since I was 16. I'm living the simplest life I've had since I was a freshman at university. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. And I hold it precious. Yeah. And I'm it's so grateful. It's just such good fortune. You know, and because you know, it's because uh, something ha can happen, and yeah. you know, I, I've lost half my friends from either war or accidents or mm -hmm. you know, living stupid lives. Yeah, cutting themselves short, and life happens. You know, things happen. Like you said, getting a car wreck. You know, no one asked for that. Yeah, it's always hard when I see young people die, like in their 20s and 30s. It always reminds me of my mortality. Always. I'm always like, oh, yeah. I'm, you know, this isn't forever. 
This thing's not going to last. We act, you know, when you're young, I don't know. You all, oh, yeah, yeah. You Ar- act like it's going to Ar- last forever. Ar- arrogance of youth. No, no, totally. Yeah. It, listen, you know, I showed you my broken, I got broken fingers. Yeah. You know, I've, you know, broken jaw, you know, mm-hmm. uh, broken, uh, you know, just from uh, being a competitor and yeah. fighter. Yeah. But it was fun. It was worth it. Yeah. yeah. The bumps and bruises along the way. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I feel blessed. Good. Yeah, you should. I should too. We all should. I mean, to be alive is to be blessed, right? Because not everyone wakes up today. Not everyone woke up on August ninth, twenty twenty one. See, and I never use the word should. Mm. This is the way you could live. Mm. Oh yeah. Well, and it's also hard to do, right? I get caught up in my own BS, too, of this, that, the other. It's like you said, with suffering, what we talked about earlier. Um, I wanting, oh, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. I wish that, blah, 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 blah. But in reality, yeah, we should just be thankful for, well, I just said it again. Should. I say should a lot, I guess. Yeah, so. We yeah, should be thankful. Don't should on yourself or should on others. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. And, no, it's just... Um, being kind to yourself and kind to others uh, while still being accountable. Yeah, being kind to yourself and kind to others while still being accountable. I love it. Walter, it is 11.58. I know you said you had to go at noon. Yep. So I want to be respectful of your time. Anything you want to say to anyone at about anything? Well, do we have any more people that send in questions? Uh... Scoobaroo said, thanks for the kisses, Walt. <laughs> Thank you, Scoobaroo. Yeah. So that's it for there. That's all the chat we have. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'd like to just ask you some questions. Okay. Well, what are you taking away from this? Well, what did you find of interest? Uh, this was, uh, it uh, went in different directions. And, sure. I mean, what? That's, that's what I like, though. I know, no. I know. This, right here. It's fortuitous. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, and, and, um, what are some preliminary takeaways for you? Well, I, personally, Walt, and I'll, I'll tell you mine too. Sure, sure. Personally, Walt, anytime we talk, I feel like I've, I'm taking something from you in a sense because you've lived, like you said, multiple, multiple chapters of life, and you, to me, are a wealth of knowledge. I almost consider you like a mentor in a sense. Um, we're not officially one or anything no, like no, that, no. but you're, but I, I feel really. I feel good being a senpai or elder. Mm. Yeah. I I really accept that role. Yeah. Uh, uh, because uh, I'm not. I feel free versus being a professor mm-hmm. and stuff. That we just talk and it's without me. No, it's not transactional, yeah. right? Like you're paying me money, no, like when I was a therapist mm-hmm. or, or that. Mm-hmm. I do want to start my own dojo here. Okay. Uh, that, that's something I really want to do because I just miss hitting and kicking and punching and using clubs and knives. And, you know, it's just a little thing I have in my heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exerting. Exerting yourself exerting that way. Skillfully. Yeah, right? skillfully. When I've seen you with those items, you're... Very skilled. You can see someone who's skilled with a sword or with, you know, your nunchucks or whatever, or your kicks. I mean, I don't know. You, you guys don't know this. You are so flexible 
You are flex- more flexible, I think, than like 99% of people, and you're 68. That's incredible. Okay, so if I can say anything about weightlifting yeah. and about men yeah. and women, but, you know, the strength training is important, but what makes you old is losing flexibility, <laughs> right? So you got to, you know, make that a third or a fourth were, of your work. Were you always stretching like that and being flexible or did you get caught in the trap of, I mean, I, mean, I get caught in the trap all the time of just lifting and not stretching. Oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And then you get crusty and old, you know, you know what I mean? You start bundling up, your muscles get tight and it's not comfortable. No, it, it was always a part of karate because you have to be flexible to do kicking. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, I, you know, it's, it's a mind-body yoga that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But when I look at people in the gym, I, oh, you see it. You can see, you know, and I, I can't do the thing. I can't do. You can't do that? I can't touch my hands behind wow. me. That's surprising. Considering I've seen the, you're so flexible. So I'm tight in certain places. And like uh, in a dojo, what we would do, we would get on each other and we would help push mm. and hold people down but yeah. you have to have people you trust yeah right you know and you tap out but but i because of the muscle density i have now i you know i, I it's it's not normal and i'm not going to pay i want to tell you austin Te- texas reminds me of la jolla california where i was for a while you, you can pay a hundred bucks just to have somebody stretch you for an hour I don't want to do that. Yeah. I just want to have my gym buddies help each other out. Yeah. Right? And that's, you know. Next time we're in the gym, Walt, I'll give you a stretch if you want. Is yeah, that yeah. what you want? I want Is this that. the way you're asking, but it's indirectly? I'll stretch you. Don't worry. I'll stretch. I also have, okay, so I don't have it out here. I have a hypervolt massage gun. I can bring that to the gym. It's, I love those. Do you have one? Or do you no, have, I don't okay. have well, one. Well, I didn't know if you had one. You said you no, loved wham, wham, wham. No, I have martial art equipment. I have Wing Chun dummies. Yeah, I have Makawaras. Yeah. I have I have bows. I have, you don't have baby uh, you know, massage guns. You have real things. Well, I have a massage gun. It's And it, it, you know, it just kind of... Brrr, oh, no, them. no. They're great. And, and, and there's places that charge good money that literally a place downstairs. I know. They charge good money to have someone do that to you. Oh, yeah. So th- t- what's the price? It's expensive. That place is crazy expensive. It's like, a, okay, this town, a hundred bucks an hour. That's the standard. Just for someone to sit here and rub up and down your hamstrings with a massage gun. You don't need someone to do that. You could do it yourself. You could literally buy the gun. I bought mine for 120 bucks. It's an off-brand one. Uh, doesn't doesn't matter. matter. I know it doesn't matter. I'm just saying. But but so so what I have is my you know my martial art uh, stuff and and you practice pounding mm, you, to like you, beat those muscles out that are tight. Yeah. Yeah. And but we we used to walk on each other, sit on each other, just. Uh, uh, but it was all safe. Yeah. Because. Um, and that's old school. So this is old school stuff. Mm-hmm. And now the new schools. All, I got a hypervolt gun that can massage you. Oh no 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 no! That's great. Yeah, we should have. Yeah. What's crazy is paying, uh, you know, a hundred bucks for someone to sit there with a gun, and go. You know, you can do. Anyone can do right. that themselves. Right. So I know trigger point stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, that's a that's an extra skill. 
Yeah. Yeah. To know the trigger points and when to push and hold and stuff. Yeah, but anybody can learn it. Well, with the internet, anyone can learn anything. Exactly. And that's almost like what we were talking about with the university where it's kind of, uh, it's losing its luster because like literally losing. the internet exists. Yeah. No, this the university system was developed in the 1500s uh-huh. uh, in, the, in the Enlightenment. And yeah. make sure to talk in the mic. Well, oh. I just want people to hear you. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And I will adjust. So I'm probably going to try to adjust oh, no. the system. I'm to sorry where about it's that. More of, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You don't have to apologize. I'm just letting you know. And I got to I got to make changes on this thing myself oh. for the next one. Oh, listen to that. I know. I oh, got to put it back on me and not make oh. you feel bad. I don't want you to feel. Bad. I don't feel bad. Okay, good. I feel good. Okay. I could. Oh, wow. Kiss myself. Okay. James Brown. Okay. Oh, ah. didn't you do that? Ha. Yeah. Ha. Okay, and I want to have a dance party here. Okay. In your apartment. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> we can do that. We have a we have a huge subwoofer in there that bumps, and uh, yeah, we can make some space and have a dance party. And Turn this sideways. It would, it would be James Brown. It would be Funk and Hump. Yeah, Funk and Hump. Okay. Okay. And I tell you, everyone, I had house dance parties. You know, so the reason I'm still tight with my ex, Jane. Funk and hump. <laughs> is because she had the first all-women's rhythm and blues band. Oh, and I didn't know that. Were, yeah. I have a lot to, yeah. She's cool. She seems cool. She's really cool. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, music and dance was their life. And you know what? That's why we love Austin. This, mm. this town is cracking. Mm. And for you young people out there, you old people out there, uh, consider Austin. You come a year from now, you probably can't afford it. But right <laughs> now, the, this place is cracking. And uh, it's a music, the art. It, like you, like Ruben. Yeah. Uh, everybody is a, a creative. You're a creative, right? You're, you know, and it's like, I am so excited and energized because of all this mm. to get the dojo started yeah, or to get I, the creative juices flowing well which, yeah just for my shit right that, that I, I my think, shit right we all got shit we all got shit and and just uh, 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 for shits and giggles and mm. also for actually learning something that keeps you young in the rest of your life yeah could, okay, I'm gonna say something. Could you? Would you say? And this is what I feel. I don't know if it's. Would you say everyone's creative as long as they give themselves permission? Everyone, even the most logical oh, yeah. born oh, people, absolutely. can be creative. They just don't give them. They're like, I'm not creative. I'm not this. I'm not that. But it's like you are. You're a human being. Every human being is creative if you give yourself permission to be creative, in some form of aspect. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad you agree with. That. I, I was waiting for that. Oh no no ag- no! I don't agree with that. Oh no no no! Totally. Uh, and um, I got hooked into the black community here. Yeah, uh, that's good. It just was fortuitous. Yeah. Um, and um, th- these uh, structural racism mm. is literally different communities. Mm. And um, uh, they're fun. Yeah. They're fun. Right? They, you know, our people and the Hispanic community is incredible. And uh, I like Texas people a lot. 
Just in general, Texas people? No, shut up. Well, no, I'm asking you, like, what do you mean by Texas people? Like, people who are here or people who are... Real Texans. Real Texans. Like you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm not I'm not being nice. You're just you're being real. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And it's because of the Midwestern kind of friendliness mm. and straightforwardness. Mm. Uh, what's different here is... Texas people versus Minnesotans. Like, Minnesota, really nice people. Horrible climate, mosquitoes that will kill you, right? Brutal winters, I'm assuming? Uh, Yeah, uh, but now they're getting warmer, so ice fishing is gone. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. We lost ice fishing in Minnesota? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The kiddos. You can't take the kiddos Uh, ice fishing anymore. uh, Oh, this is sad. Oh, no. Kids didn't go ice fishing. It was uh, fat white guys. Yeah, who wanted to get away from the families. Yeah, in an outhouse, right? Mm. And they'd have a a little hole in ice with a little bobber. And they'd get drunk and watch TV. Well, that's fishing anywhere. No. Oh, they watch TV? Oh, because they're in an outhouse. Yeah. Oh, see, I've never gone ice fishing. That kind of sounds fun. Well, uh, uh, the, Too bad se- it's gone. the season's about one month or two months long. When you long. can actually do it. Yeah. It's right. probably getting shorter. And right? it's all white. And, and, and in Minnesota, we have uh, people from all over the world, mm-hmm. and uh, they fish for food and stuff in the summer. You know, the black, the, the Vietnamese, the, all that. They're cool. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, I just thought that culture was so weird, mm. right? It was so like they were escaping their families. It's just so hilarious. Yeah, they're trying to get away from. Well, it's almost an escape from reality for a bit, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it it it's bad when their truck goes through the ice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that happens up there almost all the time, right? Every time. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. You you, you want to be the first in and last out? Yeah. It's just as weird subculture so mm-hmm. i'm into cultural studies so mm-hmm. the culture of texas and real texans scoot over just a little bit there oh. you go. yeah the culture of texas and real texans mm-hmm. is that kind of straightforwardness mm-hmm. the plain speakingness mm-hmm. uh and um kindness mm-hmm. um what's different from minnesota because it's influenced by scandinavians is they don't look you in the eye. Texas folk look you in the eye. They mm. look like right through you. Mm. Right? Now I'm looking at you hard in the eyes right now. Well, it isn't hard. It's just... No. I, well, I think it's important to have... I, I, I mean, it's like... It, they say the eyes are the, the window of the soul. Something along those lines. You know? That's Texas. Yeah. And unique to this uh, culture. Mm. Um, in Minnesota, we would look down. Look down, look around. No. Look anywhere but the person's face. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? It's weird. It's weird. It's not. That doesn't seem normal. It's called Minnesota ice. I mean, there's literally a term for not looking someone in the eyes. Yeah. In Minnesota. Minnesota ice. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Minnesota ice. Yeah. Right. Oh, hey, what's going on, Walter? uh, Well, well, you know, okay, I'm doing okay. Um, How are you doing? Good. How's the family? Well, you know, could be worse, you know. How's the wife? Oh, she's fine, you know. Uh, Just, uh... uh, (laughs) You know, you make money, you go, this, how are you doing financially? It's, oh, you can't complain. Oh, yeah, I can't complain. Uh, so anyway, I like Texas culture. Okay. For all the weird uh, 
state government and national government stuff, mm -hmm. but the people and the local government is outstanding. Good people. Yeah. I, you know, I went to my first demonstration at the Capitol. You went to the Willie Nelson thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 He sing good. He, you know, he what? He 88. <sighs> Willie's old. Mm. Yeah. Ah. He lives up by Travis Lake, I believe. Right. I'm, I'm going to go to a concert up there. A uh, Willie Nelson one? Yeah, I got to. Before it's too late. I mean, he's 88. It's like. Or you got so the elders are leaving us, and for the elders that you respect, you got to sing. Well, you're becoming that oh, exactly, elder exact, part. Exactamente. Yeah. Well, just like my generation is moving on from being like the young 20-year-olds, you know, bumping in the walls. Now we're becoming 30s and 40s, and it's like, oh, we're kind of now having to have some Run, sort of responsibility. You're, you're running shit. Oh, you're now, no, you're running shit. And I see great newscasters. I see great reporters. Mm. I, I'm really happy with that. With my generation coming yes. up? Yeah. Oh, you feel comfortable with us? Super. Wow. Great. No, I love that. Thank you. That's oh, great. Oh, no, no. I, I, I can do a bunch of factoids on that. Okay. But it, it, it's uh, passing the baton. Yeah. In the cycle of life. Yeah, I like my generation. We're much more open, I would say. Um, you know, it's not so much bottling down everything. And how's it going? Good. How's it going? Good. Next. It's and the like, women are, are like out there, right? Yeah. They're not. You know, I'm, I'm yeah, they're not the stereotype. I'm going to stay in. And saying how be and get a kid. quiet. Yeah, yeah not quiet. Yeah. They ain't quiet. Yeah. The group, the ladies ain't quiet. Yeah. And I like that because yeah. there's, you know, we we make love with people, not with bodies. Mm. Yeah. When you always say they're humans, everyone's everyone's a human. Obviously, right. So yeah. treat them like you would want to be treated, and treat them like a human being. Anyone, yeah. obviously. Yeah. yeah. No, and, and and the way this is set, I think this is the future. Yeah. It is the future. It's happening around the world. You're part of a worldwide revolution. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm uh, uh, senpai, uh, just trying to contribute and pass the baton and knowledges I have that are useful um, to uh, keep the drive alive, as it were, right? Well, I appreciate you passing the baton, Walter. Thanks, Love you. Buddy. Love you too. Thanks, Walter. Anything else? That's it. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Walter Barra, Sensei Walter Barra. Thank you, sir. Appreciate Bye -bye. it. Hey, you did it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Journey Through with Jeffrey Paoletta and my guest, Walter Barra. Uh, I hope y'all were able to take something from it and y'all enjoyed it as much as I did having Walter. Uh, thank you so much and I hope to see you around. Have a good one.